You are listening to audio from Summit Community Church. You can join us Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. on our YouTube channel at SCC Morganton. Guys, good evening again and welcome to our Christmas Eve service celebrating the birth of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. What a powerful word from Anna, just uh, paralleling and understanding the, the awesomeness, the wonder of being a mother in that capacity of the surprise of Jesus finally coming to this earth. And I want us to capture tonight that we're talking about some very important visitors who come to the manger to see Jesus. Now, we have arrived in this series. We've talked about several things our series, A Merry Christmas, looking at Christmas through Mary's eyes to try to see what she saw, feel what she felt, think what she thought in the process of the birth of Jesus coming to pass, all the way from Gabriel announcing Christ would be born through her to this earth, going to see Elizabeth, who is then pregnant with John the Baptist, who then blesses her and who encourages her in his journey that this is really real through her writing her song of praise, her Magnificat to God, praising God, celebrating Jesus, commemorating that event. Then we saw the wise men last week as they came to find Jesus, bringing their gifts of gold, frankincense, and myrrh, symbolizing that Jesus was going to be a king. He is king. He was going to be a king who was going to be a ritual sacrifice for all of our sin on the cross. That incense, the myrrh being the using burial, that Mary got the message. Her son Jesus would be a king, her king, our king. He would die a ritual sacrifice for her and for me, for all of you. And he would die in our place on the cross, be buried in the grave. But yet we know the end of the story. He rose again. That's the story we've been looking at tonight. We're sipping in the mystery of Jesus' birth, but deeper than that, the mysterious miracle of Jesus' birth. The how and why of what happened in that manger that night when Jesus was born. Some very unlikely visitors come to find Jesus, the first ones on the scene. And how unlikely they were, according to the society, they should not have been the ones invited to see Jesus, but yet they were. We're talking about the shepherds. Shepherds who were considered nobodies in the eyes of everybody in society. You know what? they instantly became somebodies in God's eyes by being the first ones to receive the announcement of Christ's birth. What Mary was celebrating in that manger, the aftermath of Jesus' birth, caught up in all of this, they come in awe and worship and respect and reverence of Jesus, the Messiah King born to all of us. And with that in mind, let's turn to the to Christmas story in Luke chapter 2 and read most of it in, in verbatim just straight through. Starting out like this. In those days, a decree went out from Caesar Augustus. The whole empire should be registered. This first registration took place while Quirinius was governing Syria. So everyone went to be registered, each to his own town. Joseph also went up in the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea to the city of David, which is called Bethlehem, because he was of the house and family line of David, to be registered along with Mary, who was engaged to him and was pregnant. While they were there, the time came for her to give birth, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. 
and she wrapped him tightly in cloth and laid him in a manger because there was no guest room available for them. In the same region, shepherds were staying out in the fields, keeping watch at night over their flock. Then an angel of the Lord stood before them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Don't be afraid, for look, I proclaim to you good news of great joy that will be for all the people. Today, in the city of David, a Savior was born for you, who is Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign for you. You will find the baby wrapped tightly in cloth and lying in a manger. Suddenly, there was a multitude of the heavenly hosts with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and peace on earth to the people he favors. When the angels that had left them returned to heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go straight to Bethlehem and see what has happened, which the Lord has made known to us. They hurried off, and they found both Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. Let's pray. Father in heaven, be glorified in this place, glorified through your word, through your message to us. We love you and we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Outside of Joseph and Mary, the first people to receive this most important of all announcements to mankind were shepherds. Shepherds out in the fields keeping watch over flocks. Never had privilege in society. Never gained respect in society. Not worthy of this privilege at all. Rejected by all people. But I want you to realize this. Make no mistake about this. This calling. Make no mistake about this. When he chose the shepherds, when God chose the shepherds, to be the first eyewitnesses of Christ's birth, he made no mistake. Realize this. In calling them to be the first to receive the message, that was not a mistake. God had a specific purpose and plan when he sent those angels to the shepherds in the fields to tell them about Jesus' birth and invite them to go find him right where he was in Bethlehem. When the shepherds made it to Jesus, they knew. Now, they knew what they were looking at. They received the message. The angels had appeared, scared them out of their minds. They get calmed, receive the message. They find exactly what they were told they were looking for. Now, if I, if I was going to announce the birth of a king, I would not have done that this way, would you? I would go for a king. I would hire a public relations person, get to broadcast all over the world that this king is coming. I'd go on networks, social media feeds. Go to a central place in town to advertise this baby, this king has been born. Wouldn't you do that? But God did not do that. He didn't go to the town square. He chose to appear in a field outside of Bethlehem to a group of shepherds watching their flocks. Now today, shepherds are romanticized in Christmas plays, aren't they? For kids, even adults, sometimes it's fun to get on the robe and you realize it's a bathrobe, but I'm a shepherd. You got your crook, you got your stuff, you got your hat on, your, your thing on, and here you go, walking down a thing in a parade, a play, and you're playing the shepherd. They're sort of glamorized in our ideas. Video cameras are rolling, photos being taken, how cute they are. But in the first century, nobody thought shepherds were cute. <laughs> and certainly nobody thought they were important. You see, they were required to tend their flocks outside the city gates. The only reason of that was because 
they had no significance. But shepherds had one very big significance. It was this. And catch this. They were in charge of sheep. Sheep were a very valuable commodity back in the day, especially as it got close to Passover. Why? Because out of their flocks is where came the lamb sacrifice for the Passover. So in that one instance, that one place, they were extremely important. They were extremely significant in that role. But here they are, the first to know, find out about Jesus being born. And what they found in that manger, what was very important to them, should launch us in 2023 ourselves. Something that they found is new perspective, renewed passion. When they arrived at the birthplace, birthplace to find Jesus lying there, they found what we all find. Here it is. In Jesus, the shepherds found the gift they so desperately needed, but yet so difficult to admit that they actually did need it. Did you catch that? They found exactly what they needed, but it's so difficult to admit that we need it. And here he was. Jesus Christ, for you and I, is the gift that we all desperately need, but so often we don't want to admit that we need it. Christmas means that we're so lost. We're so unable to save ourselves that nothing less than the death of the Son of God Himself could save us. The message of Christianity back then and now is this. Things really are this bad. And we can't heal or save ourselves. Things really are this dark. Nevertheless, there is hope. That's the message. It's dark. It's dreary. It's bad. But you know what? There is hope. These shepherds find what they were looking for, but desperately not admit that they were looking for. You and I are the same way. God was letting everybody know in this whole process, in this story, that He came not for those who feel self-sufficient, but He came for those who have a very sense, strong sense of need. I don't know where you are, but if you're a person in need in this place today, this is what the story tells you. God chose a shepherd because they had a need. He wanted to rise to the top saying, you don't look at their social status. Don't look at who they are in, in, in society. Look at who they are in me. And here's what they need because they are people who are not self-sufficient. They need have a need. Christmas, the special message is this. It's for all of us who struggle to have joy and struggle to have victory. For that person who is, has cancer and found out it has come out of remission, it's back. There is hope. For the person who has lost loved ones, there is hope. The person devastated by divorce, there is hope. The person who's lost their job and not quite sure how things are going to work out, there is hope. Any one of us who's made bad decisions this year, not sure how it's going to play out, this message is there is hope in our Savior, Jesus Christ. He brings it to us. God came for those and all of us, all people who are struggling to have love and peace and joy and victory in our lives. You see, the shepherds were just doing what shepherds do. They were looking after the sheep out in the fields, keeping watch of their flocks by night. God appears in the sky. God sends a messenger. One minute they're watching flocks. 
Maybe catch a few minutes of sleep after a night shift. Next minute, they're witnesses of salvation history. Their worlds turned upside down, and biases that turned our worlds upside down. All of a sudden, this angel appears out of nowhere with the glory of the Lord shining around them. And they're the ones picked for this appearance, and not just an appearance, but one with the glory of God. This glory of God, the Lord with the angel, is a manifestation of the presence of the Lord. It says that a great light shone. Why is that? The light shone around them because God doesn't really have a body. So when he's made visible, is by way of light. God's body is in Jesus Christ himself, the Son of God, God in the flesh incarnate. God the Father came as light because there's no body. He came as light glowing in that place. You can imagine standing in that field in darkness and light just bursting, filling the night sky, and then here comes an angel speaking to you. Would you not be afraid? I would. You see, the shepherds, here's the first thing I want you to realize. They were in awe of what they saw. They were in total amazement of what they saw. What is so important to see is that they were willing to be awed by God. The first century would be pretty, was pretty cynical. See, false messiahs had come and gone. The promise of Israel's restoration seemed more like a pipe dream. And the Roman flag waved high above the Temple Mount. There had not been a visit of an angel in about 500 years since the sayings of Zechariah the prophet. But here God comes on the scene. And then almost lost all hope. Here it comes. Needless to say, they're blown away. It says in the scriptures here, they were filled with great fear. They were terrified. Verse 9 says, the angel of the Lord stood before them. The glory of the Lord shone around them, and they were terrified. This invasion of light into the darkness terrified them because there had been a whole state of hopelessness for hundreds of years. And here God bursts on the scene. In Jesus, we can see that same hope in the midst of a world of hopelessness. The enemy thought he had defeated God, but even in the opening pages of Genesis, God revealed his plan to redeem mankind again and bring light into a darkened world. And that plan was Christmas. And that plan specifically was the birth of Jesus Christ, our Savior. Their fear was an awe and respect of the moment. We have physical fear, yes, but it was really an awe and respect of the moment, having the glory of God surrounding them and an angel speaking to them. It was a moment of respect and awe in that moment. Just like the shepherds, you and I must be willing to be awed by God. Be in amazement of God. Be filled with great fear and reverence for Him and be bold to let people see it. We need to be willing to be awed by God in the midst of despair and darkness. Where's your darkness? Where's your despair? Let the hope of Jesus Christ shine in His glory in your place, in your life, in your heart. Let it be seen. Let people know it. They allow their fear to give way to faith. You see, where so many people find in Jesus the gift they so desperately need but not willing to admit they need. That was them, that's us. I believe the shepherds both saw what they desperately needed and admitted they needed that right at that minute. Why else would it say, what was their response? It says, they went in haste. They hurried off and went straight to Bethlehem. That speaks to them realizing, we got to go. We need this. This is amazing. They were going immediately and as fast as they could to Bethlehem, and nothing was going to stop them or slow them down because 
They could not wait to see Messiah. But what they ended up finding in Jesus Christ was the gift they needed and they realized they wanted. They hurried and went straight to the city of Bethlehem, the town. Verse 11 says this again, Today in the city of David a Savior was born for you who is the Messiah, the Lord. They were going to find the Lord, find the Savior, find the Messiah. It said, what did he say right there? What did James say? A Savior was born for who? For you. These shepherds are going, nobody looks at us. Nobody speaks to us. Nobody cares about us. You mean a Savior's been born for me? For us? God's like, yes, a Savior has been born for you. You see, they simultaneously saw two other things when they got to Jesus. When they got there, they knew what it pushed them there to see. But some things happened. And as we get there, I want to share a real quick story with her. A girl was driving down the road one day. She saw a shepherd leading his sheep across the road. So she slowed down, and as she was admiring the sheep, she struck a conversation with the shepherd. She said, told the shepherd, she said, Oh, I love your sheep. They're just so nice, and they're so pretty. She said, Hey, I've got a proposition for you. He said, what's this, ma'am? She said, if I can guess how many sheep are in your flock, would you give me one? He said, yeah, it's, you can guess the exact number. I'll give you one. She said, well, my favorite number is 352. So I'll say 352. He couldn't believe it. He told her, that's exactly right. Well, I have exactly 352 sheep in my flock. He said, all right, I'll keep my end of the bargain. You get one of my sheep. You pick the one out of the flock you want for yourself. She looked, she looked, and she finally found the one she thought was the cutest and most playful, and she picked that one. He looked at her and he said, Well, I appreciate your choice. You need to make another choice. She looked at him and said, But you promised I could have any sheep I wanted. He said, I did, but there's a good reason you need to choose again. You just picked my dog. She did not know what she was looking at. She had no idea. But you take a true shepherd, a shepherd's going to know sheep. That's their life calling. That's their career. That's, that's everything. They're, every, they're about the sheep. They know what they're looking for. Unlike this girl, these shepherds knew what they were looking at when they saw Jesus. And they walked in, and they found themselves looking at a lamb. It was a baby in a manger, but they were looking at a lamb. Not just a lamb, but a lamb, their lamb. They were looking at the Son of God as the perfect lamb of God. See, they tended the very lambs that would be sacrificed in the Passover, as I said a while ago. But right here in this moment, they are looking at the lamb, the lamb who would be the final sacrifice, the once for all permanent payment for all sin, which included them. They knew. They were looking at that special lamb. Not just any lamb, but the Lamb of God, capital L, who was that perfect sacrificial lamb. Not just cover their sins, but actually become sin for them and take their place, my place, your place on the cross. They knew they were looking at a lamb. But they also, let me flip this around, they also found themselves simultaneously looking at, them, at a shepherd 
in that manger. Kind of a role reversal here. They saw indeed a lamb laying in that manger in Jesus, as they were familiar with. But as they got to the manger, they were looking at not just a shepherd, but the shepherd, what God says, the good shepherd, as Jesus says. The role reversal happened immediately. They realized, well, he's going to be, he's our shepherd. I'm one of his lambs. He's our sacrificial lamb. I tend lambs. I'm a shepherd, but he's going to be my shepherd, my good shepherd. They did not realize it until they got there. The role reversal had taken place. They realized this. These shepherds were the first messengers to receive, to see Jesus incarnate, God in the flesh, Emmanuel, God with us, Messiah, Savior of the world. Look at what happened next. Look at verse 17. It says immediately, after seeing them, they reported the message they were told about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary was treasuring up all these things in her heart and meditating on them. The shepherds returned, get this, they returned glorifying and praising God for all the things they had seen and heard, which were just as they had been told. This experience radically changed their lives. They went out. These nobodies were now somebodies. They were the first to receive the announcement and see the Son of God in the manger. These men saw the angels. They heard the witness, and they believed. See, the scribes were jaded. The royals were too sophisticated. The Romans were too dismissive. But these humble outsiders had the simple faith to look up, listen, and put their faith in the Christ child. The first to come and see Jesus were just plain, ordinary, dirty, rotten sinners. Kings didn't get there first. The uncleanest society the outcasts of society, just like you and me. They were the first. So I'd ask you tonight, have you seen? Have you heard? Have you believed? I'll give you a few things to process in a personal way right here. Have you seen in Jesus what the shepherds saw? Savior, Messiah, and Lord. Have you found in Jesus the gift that you so desperately need, but And have you admitted that you need him? In a world that is hopeless, are you allowing the hope of Jesus to resonate out of your life? In a world full of darkness, are you allowing the light of Jesus to reflect to others? Surrounded by all this, are you willing to be awed by God? And are you willing to let your awe of God move you to faith, which is active faith in him? Tim Keller says this, the purpose of the incarnation is that we would have a relationship with Jesus. In Jesus, the ineffable, indescribable, unapproachable God becomes a human being who can be known and loved. And through faith, we can know this love. And I want you to catch this as we close out the message of tonight. Jesus came the way he came so you can live the way you should live. Christ came the way he came so we could live the way we should live. The Immaculate Conception happened to bring the Incarnation to us by way of a very humble, obedient servant so that we all can experience Jesus as our shepherd to walk with us in this life. 
and to be our Savior, to die once for all, for all our sins. See, Jesus, Jesus reconnected us to heaven and in turn brought heaven down to earth. That's what he did for us. Let's pray. Father in heaven, be glorified, be praised in this place. Lord, have your way in our hearts, have your way in our lives. God, stir us to realize you came the way you came so that we could live the way we should live. Father, just move in our hearts, move in our lives. Stir us to be who you call us to be. And God, we do sincerely love you. We glorify you. We praise you in this place. Amen. Thank you for tuning in to this week's sermon. For more information about Summit Community Church, please check out our website at summitchurch.me or on social media on Facebook or Instagram at SCC Morganton.